you are listening to the Healthy Project Podcast with your host, Corey Diamboulos. For more, go to healthyprojectpodcast.com. Okay, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let, let's do this. It's now or never, friend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Oh, my gosh. I think that's just how I'm going to do well, this. Is, this is going to be it. This is so funny. Everybody, thank you for being here on the Healthy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. I have um, a great person with me today. Man, this is, if y'all would have seen what you heard, that's so awesome. Um, health and wellness expert, um, small business owner, um, advocate for women's health, uh, all of all of the things. She goes by Medi. I'm not going to try to pronounce your first name for the, like, so you can do everything. But Medi, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the very warm welcome. That is very kind of you. I'm, yeah, no problem. I don't know if I'm like an expert, but I definitely like I'm. I definitely am a continued learner and student. Mm, that's good. Well, you know more than me. Yeah. This is good. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, I, I'll be. I watch. I'll be watching your Instagram posts and be like, man, if I was a woman, I would really get a benefit from this. But here's the thing: you, as a man, can benefit from this, right? So you, I, I would argue with that that you, okay. as a man, can benefit from this because you are you are married, correct? I am. Yes. yes. Yeah, and your partner is a woman, right? Correct. Okay, and she's had children. Yes. Correct, and she is. A, like vintaging. I don't like vintaging. Oh, I, 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 I like that. I like to say that my ladies are vintaging. I'm vintaging, you know, vintaging. like fine. So you, you can have that out there. Yeah. But yeah. And I think that that um, that there's something to be said and that you can learn from the information that I'm sharing to help your partner along. Yeah. No, that's good. A little vintaging. Um, but you're also bringing that knowledge to this year's My City, My Health Des Moines conference. Very exciting. Um, and the reason why I think that's so important is because, you know, for those that are just li listening, you're um, a Latino business owner and you that's the community that you represent. So that's super important to me for the population that we're trying to serve. Um, and you're one of the first, I think, or the only Latino owner of a health and wellness company at one point or were there others yeah i there are others out there um i i know for a fact that there are others out there but i don't know well in des moines in in des moines yeah well yeah. you know i don't know that is that's debatable um i know that there are other small business um female latino um small business owners that are in fitness out there and some of them mm -hmm. are younger than me and they're just really getting their start. And right. so, um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know if I can say if I'm the fur. Right. Um, but I'm one of the few. You're one of the few. You're one of the few. One of the few. Right. So, but there is an army building for sure. That's cool. Well, how does that feel to be kind of one of the, you know, the few to represent? Because I feel like for those, when you're like the first or the few, it almost feels like everything's on your back for that whole community. How does that, how does that feel? How do you take that? 
That's a really great question. I really take it to heart. Um, I take it as an honor, but I, I take it with, you know, it's really, really important uh, to to be one of the representatives of a space that, you know, in the fitness industry, there isn't, there are not a lot, at least I have not seen a lot of, you know, Latinas or people of color in the fitness industry in that space. Mm-hmm. And it's getting, we're starting to see more of it now. Um, I know that like I curate a lot of my social media so that I do see more of that, which I get very excited mm-hmm. about. But I believe it's a it's a really incredible responsibility uh, that that I'm taking on for my community because I I want them to understand and to see that there is opportunity out there and that fitness and wellness is accessible to everybody. It can be accessible to everybody. I know for a period of time, you know, fitness is almost kind of considered like a luxury. Mm. It's only for <laughs> those that can really afford it. And I completely disagree with that. I mean, my culture is a people of hardworking individuals who are very, very active. I, right. I can think back to if I like think back to like my grandmother and her telling me stories about my great grandmother and my great grandfather. I mean, they were migrant workers. That's physical activity. You know, they were constantly moving and doing things in manual labor. And I think about, you know, my uncles and all my aunts, like I don't ever recall in my youth any of the women in my family or the men in my family just sitting and being stagnant. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, like my parents, like my dad, I I joke a lot with him because like he's retired seven times over. (laughs) So he retired from the military and then you know, I'm retired. And then he, you know, got bored and became a bus driver. And so then he was a bus driver for a period of time. Then he did something else. And then my mom, even the same way, like my mother retired from the judicial system here in in Iowa. And now she is working as president of of the labor union. And so they're, they're never stagnant. You know, they're always constantly doing something. And I think that that's important. And that's a way of life. And at least in, Mm -hmm. you know, the Latino and Hispanic culture is that we're constantly moving and so fitness is just a small piece and an aspect that can be that you know can be utilized for them and and they i I think they'd be very open to (laughs) yeah i know i i think and it is all marketing but i feel like there was like everybody that i even see too like when you when you say exercise Mm -hmm. they immediately start to think oh i can't afford a gym membership right or and it's like well, exercise doesn't need to be in a gym. In a gym. Right. Exercise doesn't need to be all these things that are going on in your head. They're great tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I like to see going to the gym is yeah. is a tool. But I think especially with people that I serve at Broad Lawns or even in my community, mm-hmm. um, even my own parents. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you should exercise more. I can't afford the gym. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can do every you can go for a walk. Yeah. I think that that is a really good point is that people have this kind of misconception that to in order to exercise or to be fit, you have to be in a specific location. It's very similar to like um, people who worship. Right. So um, when you have your faith, you know, a lot of a lot of people think that the only way that you can worship 
is to be in a place of worship. And I, I disagree with that. I believe that you can have your faith in worship wherever you sit. Right. You know, whether and, that's in the privacy of your home, your backyard, on a bus. Yeah. And it's the same thing with fitness. You can, you know, exercise or move anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, in any place in time. I, I joke with a lot of my clients that th- there's a movement that I utilize a lot called the burpee. And it's <laughs> you you uh and you don't have a faith you're the you're the devil <laughs> but it's funny vegan most everybody knows if anybody out there they know that the burpee is might might not be your favorite movement i happen to love it i'm mm-hmm. very short you know i'm four eleven. it's a it's an easier movement for you it's very it's an easier movement for me i'm compact <laughs> but it is also a great exercise tool yeah because you can take that anywhere and everywhere you do that at home you can do that at home just like going walking or mm-hmm. running you know those are you know walking is very underutilized or even underestimated at the benefits on walking i know right and especially walking outside on on beautiful oh, days like today like i today mean beautiful gorgeous. Fi- you know fall day so I would encourage people to get outside and and get in the sun and go for a walk. So, so yeah, I think that there's just that misconception of, you know, well, you have to be in a particular space and do things at a particular time in order to exercise. Right. Not the case at all. Mm -mm. COVID taught us that too. I mean, absolutely. I saw so many people buying gym equipment, getting bikes and investing. And it was interesting because it was almost very eye opening. And people started to realize almost how vulnerable we really were mm-hmm. to, and really are, I should say, to a virus, which caused obviously a pandemic and a worldwide shutdown. And for a moment there, you know, our health yeah. and our fitness for a very tiny moment was prioritized. Yes. And it was, and, and people who probably have never thought about exercise ever yeah. were like, yo, I'm I gotta do something. I gotta do something. I gotta do something. What um, what what started your journey into to health and wellness? Oh man, so I um, I was never really serious about fitness until I got into my twenties. So I mean, I'm in high school. I played I played sports. I did soccer and volleyball, and I just that was the thing to do for a short stint. I had a very short stint of um of doing cross country. Very short. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it wasn't until my 20s I had, I actually, my first kind of encounter with some, any type of physical activity since high school was running. And I had a very good friend of mine that we worked in the service industry together and he was an avid runner. And so he turned me on to it and we kind of started this small group within our service industry mates. And, you know, we all started running together and we did these road races and we did 5Ks. And then I did a half marathon in Arizona as um, as a goal after shortly after I had my son. Oh, wow. And yeah, and we flew to Arizona and, and I did this 5K and it was great. And that was my first like real introduction to finding something in fitness that I enjoyed. I would have never thought in a million years I would have enjoyed running of all things but then doing the act of it was incredibly freeing and it just really allowed me to kind of let my my thoughts you know ebb and flow and think about like my breathing and being Mm -hmm. outside and and in the elements even at times 
And so that was where I got my start. And then I decided I, I kind of wanted to do more. And I wanted to I wanted to play with like the idea of um, kind of changing my composition. So I, I got more curious about fitness. So then I started to kind of dabble in like like dumbbells and doing some like weightlifting and working on machines and then got into TRX and then invested in a personal trainer who then introduced me to more activities and and movements. And then it was, you know, my personal trainer who we became really good friends introduced me to CrossFit. And then that's when it kind of like it just was a snowball Um, thing from there. And right. And the reason why it was was because he showed me this video of these women that were doing things that I never in my mind thought or imagined we could do as a woman. They were climbing ropes. They were, you know, doing Olympic weightlifting. They were clean and jerking, you know, snatches and, you know, and just doing all these really awesome things. And they were badass. Right. And it just like flooded my senses and I'm like I want to do that mm-hmm. and I was like I want to look like they you know I had this like I want to look like them they had muscles and they were fit and they looked healthy and so it just kind of snowballed from there yeah and so then I went in and um started doing CrossFit dabbled in it a little bit and then my friend who then he had a CrossFit gym at the time he uh he told me he was like you know you'd make a really good coach and I, I kind of laughed about it at first because I was just like, I, I can barely do an overhead squat, you know, with 45 pounds over my head. And I'm, I'm going, I'm so new to this. Like, I can't, I can't do that. And, and he said something to me that, you know, to this day, I, I kind of, I hold, you know, really close to my heart is he was like, you don't have to be really good at everything. He goes, you just have to be inspiring. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and you have that. Yeah. Yeah, I that's a get a bar. No, I get still like it still kind of shakes. Yeah, and so he planted a seed, you know, and I have to give him credit for that. He planted a seed that, you know, from there I kind of watered it and just took off. Yeah, and so I then became a coach, right? And started, you know, teaching and training and coaching classes and. And then it was, then it started to turn into more than just, I'm just coaching people and teaching them how, you know, how to move, you know, efficiently and, and be safe and like teaching them the benefits of, of fitness. But then it started to be this relationship building. Mm-hmm. And I started to connect with people and people were connecting with me. And, and it was, and a lot of it was women where, you know, I was connecting with these women who never thought possible that they could deadlift, you know, 200 pounds, that they right. could do a pull-up, that they could, you know, climb ropes. I mean, one of my favorite and most inspiring stories is a mother of five that I worked with. She was one of my very, very first clients. And her and her teenage son came, were members of the gym that I coached at. And to see that bond between them grow in fitness was absolutely incredible. Wow. And she was one of the strongest women in the gym. And and let me just clarify that she did not look like an athlete, like society has, you know, has put out there that we need to look a certain way in fitness. No, she had curves and she was voluptuous, but she was strong as shit. It was incredibly inspiring. That's so cool. 
that's one of the things that I love about um, CrossFit that, and it's the community that you build around. Like this, as so, that's so cool to me that people will go and they, like, I have a few friends that do CrossFit. Um, I don't even know where they do it at, but they do it. <laughs> but they're always posting pictures about yeah. activities that not even in the gym, they're doing together out with together, out together with the members that they, uh, that they rock with. I think that's just so, I think that's so fun. It is, yeah, it is. It's really cool. It's a, it's something that I've never really experienced before. Like, you know, I, I think about it and I, I go, where is it that you can go someplace and you can have people of con- entirely different backgrounds, mm-hmm. beliefs, genders come together and unite through suffering? Right. You know, in a physical, like through physical. Sure. I mean, it's yeah. the truth is like we, we have this motto where we say we suffer together and we die together and we get stronger mm-hmm. together. And that's then that's really what happens is because you're not alone. There's there's comfort in knowing that when. I'm over here doing this workout and you're yeah. next to me and you're doing the same workout and we might be doing it in different ways. The stimulus might be different, but we're both suffering together. Yes. There's power. There's struggle in both our faces. Struggle. <laughs> we look at each other and we're like, is it over yet? But there's that unity that, yeah. you know, that happens where it's like, man, good job, you know? Yeah. And so there's, there's something to be said about that. I know. Bizarre. That is so cool. So I know you, you, um, I kind of want to shift a little bit yep. and talk about your your passion for for women and women's health. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said prior um, that you corrected me that, you know, if I was a woman, I would get a lot of benefit. But now I'm going to get benefit as a man. <laughs> right. So um, just recently up top of my head, I know you're talking about perimetopause. Yeah. Yeah. And living in that neighborhood. You're living yeah. in it. For those listening or even watching, yeah, you, well, what does that mean, and what and what can people or women who are, yeah. you know, going through that right now, what is what are some tips and tricks? What can they do? Oh man, so perimenopause is like the the initial stages of menopause, and uh, research has shown that perimenopause can happen anywhere between our like mid thirties to our forties, late forties, and so on. It can even happen well into 50s. And that's the thing that is I'm finding when I talk to people about it, they're kind of shocked because they're shocked that when we talk about when I talk about perimenopause or menopause, they, you know, they're telling me, oh, you're too young for that. And and I even have clients that have they've said that they've been told by other you know women, you're too young to be going through perimenopause. And it's like, no, actually, we're right on time. And it's different for everybody. And menopause is different for everyone. You know, I have I have a very dear friend of mine that you know, she is in her, gosh, she's in her like mid fifties, mm. and she has not experienced really. Yeah, she has not had any experiences of perimenopause or menopause. Oh. and yeah, and so it's fascinating. Like we women are not a non anomaly. Anom- I can't think of the word now. Anomalies. There we <laughs> okay, go. Okay, there you go. We got it. There we got go. it. We got it. We're not anomalies, but. Yet there is so little known about us, like physiologically. And mm. a lot of the research and a lot of the studying is still very new. And so, and it's still very young. And it's just, it's something that I have, as I have, as I've vintaged and gotten older, mm-hmm. 
um, I really started to take deep dives into researching it and and reading studies about it and and you know trying to find my own way to navigate through this and and then share it. And so uh, yes, I am I recently um, found out and was diagnosed that I am going through perimenopause. I went to had a physical done earlier this year in the summer and my doctor and I we were, chatting and I was telling her like my cycle and I was tracking everything and she's just like oh my gosh like your cycle is getting closer together and I'm like yeah this is really weird like every three weeks and she's like I think you're experiencing perimenopause (laughs) and most people believe that you know menopause is when you're when a woman's cycle or their period gets further and further apart well actually it can be on the other end of the spectrum too really they can get closer and closer together and so that is where I live right now. And I experience symptoms that are, you know, at one time I thought were troubling or problematic. And now as I've done more research and just kind of leaned in, I'm realizing, oh, no, this is just part of the journey. And I think that it, it's incredibly important for women and for even just men and the pub, the general public to understand these things because these symptoms and these things are happening to us, but we're not going crazy. And our society a lot of times has put that on us that like, oh, this is just part of getting old. Just deal with it. Or, oh, you're, you know, you're being unreasonable. And it's like, Mm, no, these are, this is not, we're not going crazy. We're not being unreasonable. These things are happening to us and we need to talk about them and be able to navigate them and navigate that space. And so um, for me, it's just incredibly important to share that stuff. I've, I've become more open with my husband about this and he has told me he's like you know he goes at first i like didn't like caring about it (laughs) and he's just kind of like and he's still like he's not like fully like okay i'm totally comfortable but he has said that he's appreciated me sharing Mm. because now he doesn't wonder if it's him oh that's a good point yeah and so there's moments like when i am in my when i'm going through my cycle that i am just i'm in a bad mood i'm just moody and, you know, like things kind of will maybe set me off and I just don't feel the best or I don't feel like my best self. I feel unattractive and he's trying to maybe cuddle me and I'm just like, I don't. Yeah, leave me alone. And it's now put his mind at ease that it's not him. It's I'm going through this particular symptom right now. And in a couple of days, I'm going to, you know, go back to normal again. I'm going right. to even out. And so it's. I think it's kind of brought us closer together. Right. It, yeah. Things a little bit easier to talk about and stuff. And so, you know, and, and so I, I've appreciated his patience with that and and his resisted open-mindedness. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so, so yeah. But, oh man, I have all kinds of tips and tricks. Yeah, because, so the reason why I ask, because you, you talk about, I just... Off the top of my head, I remember you, uh, you shared um, that your your sleep was off, so you woke up early and you're doing stuff. Yeah, but like you, <laughs> <laughs> but like so you have insomnia, or there you just said there may be days where hey, I'm not I'm not with it today. You say the wrong thing, it might be bad for you, but you still got to work. You see, you still got to get up. You still got to go to you know. You still got to see your pay, your clients. Um, uh, how do you, you still got to 
be a person. Right. Yeah. I right. Be human. You still gotta be human with the world. Right. I have days where I don't want to. You have days. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like, what are those days like, and how do you push through? Oh man, that's a great question. So, for example, we'll talk about the insomnia one because that was actually just recent. That yeah. Was this week. That was earlier this week, actually. And so, for me, and I'm just speaking from my perspective. And again, I just want to, you know preface and disclose that every woman is different. So mm-hmm. every experience is going to be different in their journey. Um, but for me, before, as of recently, before I get ready to start my period or whatever, I go through several days of PMS symptoms. One of them happens to be insomnia. And so I end up having two to three days where I just don't sleep well. I have one day where it's pretty aggressive, where I will get up at 10, 11, 1, and I'm up for the next like four hours or three hours. And when I first, when this first started happening, I was getting really agitated by it because I, I have clients in the morning. Like I have my, my day starts at, at like 4.40 in the morning and I see my first client sometimes at 5.15. So I have to be on my game because yeah. you know th- that's early in the morning and and they're expecting you to be the coach motivator on your point right and so so yeah so i and i would get just so aggravated and frustrated and I'd toss and turn in my bed and finally i just was like you know I, this isn't working mm-hmm. like forcing myself to go to sleep is not working Getting on my phone and doom scrolling is not helpful. Like it's raising my cortisol levels. Like let's not do that. The whole right. point is to lower the cortisol levels and, you know, and raise your serotonin levels and try it, you know. And and so so I finally was just like, you know what, I'm just going to get up and be productive. But not in the sense of not in the sense of doing things that were incredibly mentally taxing. Right. Mm. I didn't want to do things that were going to wake me up. Right. So I I don't turn on the TV. I don't turn on my computer. I don't reach for my phone and scroll. I don't answer emails. I do things that require little to no. Mm-hmm. Where you can just kind of cruise, cruise control. Like because what I'm trying to do is exert the energy that my body needs to get rid of. So, for example, I unloaded the dishwasher and loaded the dishwasher. I cleaned up my kitchen a little bit. I picked up around the house. I then read a book and I took time and read my book, an actual physical book, not a book on my phone. And I kept the lighting really low and I kept really soft lighting because all of these things can trigger your brain, right? And they can mess with your circadian rhythm and, you know, I can go down an entire rabbit hole. But I kept things very calm and mellow. I didn't turn on any music. I didn't have any other distress. So it was just me, my thoughts. And me just doing. Right. And it helped. It helped alleviate, for me at least, it helped alleviate some of that physical energy that my body felt the need to get rid of at Mm. two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock. So be it. Yeah. And and so, so yeah. So, I mean, I was up for a good three hours and then finally got sleepy enough that I went to sleep for an hour and then I had to get up and start my day. Now, Going through my day was, you know, I mean, I the first part of my day was was fine. But then as as the day progressed, then I started to get a little bit more tired than I normally would. But I kept myself moving. I didn't. And and for me, I have the ability and the luxury and the privilege 
to kind of design my day mm-hmm. and where I know that most people may not have that. So I kept everything very light mm-hmm. for my right. end where I happen to not um, have to see clients so early in the morning. And so for me, that particular day was very dedicated to doing administrative work on my computer. I didn't have to have as much interaction right. with my with you know people day to day and so but i have been in those situations where i have had to see clients and and i have had to interact and have meetings and and so on right. and so forth and so i just i i always preface with people and it's and i don't use it as an excuse i just say you know i'm just like hey guys just letting you know i just had you know a had a little bit of a rough night had some insomnia right i may not be my best self but you know, it's not you. This is just the current state I'm in. So we're going to, I'm going to work with when right. I'm So, and people I find are really respectful of that as opposed right. to just trying to like fake it and muscle through. Right. Well, and they, and they know you sort of like, what well, is she, if she's tired, I, I get that. And right. they're not going to like, yeah. Medi was not in right. me. They're not going to. <laughs> right, like, dang, why'd I get up this morning? <laughs> yeah. So I know like again, you have this passion for helping women. What what do women what can they expect with working with you? Like what does that look like? Yeah. Um, so the clients that I work with, um, it's And are you online or are you just are you local so i do both in person and online okay i do both in person and online coaching and i would say that my approach has been very just one of compassion i really really uh my goal for my for my clients especially for the women that i work with is that one day they don't need me Mm -hmm. Um, that is really the ultimate goal and i just my what i plan to do or what i hope to do is just to educate them and give them the tools that they can then use to move forward in their fitness and their strength training and even going through like their the stages of life that they might be going through. And so for me, I, I do, I tend to, I coach with a lot of compassion. I have a very open dialogue with, uh, with my clients because I think it's important um, as, as a fitness coach for myself, and I can only speak for me, I can't really speak for for anybody else, but I really believe it's a responsibility as as a fitness coach that I'm I'm looking at the whole person, right? I'm seeing them as and everything that's going on with mm-hmm. them. And so I really believe in a strong network. I believe in network building. I don't have the answers to everything. Right. And so I stay in my I stay in my scope of practice and if I have clients that are asking me questions that are outside of my scope of practice and my discipline, then I refer out or I find them those resources. Right. Because I think that that's truly, really important. I don't believe in like, you know, harboring or trying to like keep my clients from, you know, learning and, and being advocates for themselves. I really do believe in like educating and empowering them. And so so I would say that, yeah, my approach is very much of a place of empowerment and compassion and understanding and just, you know, I I want to see them achieve whatever goals it is that they want to achieve. Right. It's not about me, it's about them. No, that's so that's so real. No, I I appreciate that. Thank you. Um so back back to uh my city, my health. So you're on the prevention panel. And what's so interesting about that panel 
And I was just I was just thinking about this the other day. So we have, you know, we have a pharmacist. Mm. We have, do you know Keisha? Keisha Ward? Gosh, I've, her name sounds very firm. So, very good with faces. I'm so sorry, Keisha. No, it's okay. <laughs> very good with faces. So she's not... She's not a personal trainer or even in the in the health and wellness industry, but she has a um she's a vegan and she is she a vegan she's really vegan knees. Yes. I've heard of her. Okay. So she I don't think I've had the privilege of meeting her. She was on my podcast months ago. Okay. She she's talking about her whole journey through veganism yeah. and why she switched. Um and then we have a oncology a doctor on there. And we have a personal trainer, a health and wellness expert on there and what i think so really i was thinking about that my why those are wholly different people like people great that's a wonderful what's so what's so cool about it exactly and what's so cool about it and i would love to get your your input on this because i know when i asked you to be on and you were like i did it so like hi you want me to do what believe it or not i was like oh this is incredibly uncomfortable but like the reason why is because like we need to be yes prevention is you know making sure you you have the right medications i understand that yes there are some things that we having an oncology doctor there there are some things that they need to know everybody on this panel they're there for a reason but but i want to get back to the OG prevention, exercise for our community, yeah. right? That's not that's not necessarily talked about a lot, <laughs> and um, especially in our communities of color. Yeah, and I think you bring a great perspective, not only of being just a great coach in what you do, but um, you're someone of color, and people will. It's one thing for somebody to be like, exercise is good, right? It's another thing when that person looks like you. Yeah. 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 You know, so um, no pressure. But <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Got this in the bag. Yeah. Yes. But <laughs> and I know when we, when we spoke a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. Um, talking about letting people of color understand like, hey, exercise is more than just aesthetics it's really about our health right right so for for those people in attendance um that work with our community that's what that's who they are the attendees are people who work in the community and um do that what you know what are some things that you would like for them to understand about prevention and what it will take to gain that trust so people can really look at look at that. I think that, you know, one of the things that I'd really like people to understand is that I would like to break this this belief that fitness is a luxury and it's not mm. meant for them. I would really, really like to break that that belief that, you know, it's only for people with money. It's only for you know, it's only for professional athletes. Right. Because um, I think that that's really important. Um, I I know that fitness, at least in my opinion, it's very generational. Um, I know like I'm, I talk to 
Like I, I look at my grandmother who's 94 years old and, you know, and, and she's a very small woman. And I think about how her mind is so still very in tune with everything, mm-hmm. but I'm, but I watch like her body is not where her mind is mm-hmm. in the capacity of like strength, right. so to speak. And, and I really, really want people to understand that you can like how important it is just to build strength. And, and I'm not talking like you don't need to go to the gym and like lift hundreds of pounds. It doesn't always have to be with a barbell or with a dumbbell. I mean, it can be through the simplest things of like carrying your groceries. Yeah. You know, um, carrying milk jugs, you know, walking up and down the stairs, carrying a backpack. You know, we look at our kids and, you know, how they're carrying their backpacks with them. And sometimes they have loads of books in the back, mm-hmm. you know, um, going for a walk, like we said. And I just I really, really want the, one of the takeaways to be that fitness can really be created in any space. We don't need to have specific equipment for it. We can find odd objects to do that when, you know, we we have to have strength in our everyday life. Our body needs to have some sort of muscle activity to support us in general, to hold our heads up, to, you know, walk down the street, to carry our children, Yeah, you know, to carry our grandchildren. I know that like for, for, uh, you know, a couple of my clients, they're like, I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to get up and down the stairs. I want to be able to wipe my own butt. Yeah. Real. You know? That's real. That's a real thing. Right. Is, And so that is a, that is a big takeaway that I hope that people will understand and I hope that maybe we can invoke some sort of change where where we can start to really make fitness more readily available to the community um that's something that I don't know how like I don't know how that that can go about but it needs to be done we need to make it very accessible because these gym memberships like while they're great And, you know, not everybody can afford them. And we can argue till the day is long of like, you know, people can cut X, Y, Z out to afford, you know, a particular membership. And while that might be the case, that doesn't necessarily mean that's what they have. That's what they want to do. Right. Right. And if I'm being brutally honest, nobody ever really enjoys working out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Had anybody in my entire life say, I really enjoy exercising. They do it because there's a benefit to it, an unseen benefit at times Mm -hmm. and a seen benefit. Mm -hmm. So understanding that, but then also getting people to understand that your health and your fitness is an investment as opposed to a quick fix, you know, Mm -hmm. and we are in such a, our society is such an instant gratification society that it's very hard for us to wrap our minds around a concept that is going to take us possibly months to years to see or experience positive change right yeah and so that's something that i think needs to be very much talked about right is is that this you didn't put on 20 pounds or 30 pounds in a week that happened over time right over if that, time if that is the goal of someone to you know to lose weight then that is important to acknowledge and to say that there were things that took effect that 
built this up over time. So there are action steps that w- that need to happen to take, you know, to remove that, right? To to get back to a, you know, whatever the goal is. Same thing with like strength. You know, we didn't, we're not just immediately strong, you know, the day we're born, you know, we don't right. deadlift 500 pounds on the on day one, right? right. Take the action steps to build with the building blocks to learn how to do that and then gain that strength. So I think that those are just kind of a couple of takeaways is that, you know, health and fitness isn't an instant gratification. Right. It's not an instant fix, right? It's a journey. And mm-hmm. it's a journey that's worth taking, which I think that people don't necessarily, you know, think about too. But at the same time, health and fitness is a basic human right. It's not a privilege. It's mm-hmm. not, it should not be for just the privileged. It is a basic human right. As human beings, we should be able to have that to be able to just live our lives mm-hmm. in, you know, healthy and with strength, but also safely. That so, part. Yeah. That part. That part. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. Oh, um, I'm, I'm glad that we did this. Um <laughs> For those, <laughs> sorry, I'm picturing what happened before we started. It is just, it's just funny to oh, me. Uh, for those that are listening or even watching that want to learn more about you, um, follow you, connect with you, where can they find you? Um, I am most active on Instagram. So medi.polis on, on IG, or you can find me at the maternal fitness coach on IG. So the dot maternal fitness coach um at ig that's that's where i'm most active perfect and uh if you're local they'll see you in november 17th at mainframe studios so head over to mycity.health um get your tickets and we will see you presented by unity point i gotta say that presented by unity point health shout out to unity point appreciate you um everyone thank you for listening to the healthy project podcast i'll let you next time thank you